Homegrown or legacy tax platforms are simply not equipped to deal with today's technology needs. But if IT is recommending upgrading these platforms or moving to a cloud or hybrid deployment method, what does that mean for your tax technology infrastructure? Hi, everybody. This is Jim Malone. I'm Senior Content Director with IDG. And in this episode of our podcast series, Tax Technology Today, we look at what IT decision makers need to consider when it comes to legacy platforms. And to do that, we are joined by Jen Kurtz. Jen is the Chief Technology Officer, CTO with Vertex. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. Jen, let's dive right into this topic. Tax, you can say it's been a relatively slow adopter of cloud technology. Why is that? It's a great question. Part of it goes into, if we'll take a look at the history of taxes or indirect tax in particular, transaction taxes to sales and use taxes. Traditionally, they were back office oriented, integrated in with ERP systems for businesses. So wherever the ERP was residing, the tax either plugged directly into the ERP or had a connector or integration to, to make those calls out. So historically, that has, has been the case. ERP primarily historically has been on-premise with the, you know, ARP's been in place in places and systems since the 90s, late 90s, and so tax carried along with that. What we're now starting to see is taxes moving to the front office, certainly with e-commerce platforms, customer relationship management systems, supply chain. A lot of those things, those systems are more oriented towards the cloud, and so we are starting to see lift in tax solutions that integrate in with those front office applications to be more cloud-oriented, whereas in the ERP, we tend to see it still be, you know, more oriented to on-premise. So it sounds like, Jen, like lots and lots of systems of transactions, systems of record, tax software follows, so to speak, the infrastructure. Yes, very much so. These tax systems have, I would say, their adjacencies to a larger systems that run the business. So tax is necessary. It's generally a integration, a tight integration that calls out to do the computation and to collect the data that's needed for filing and compliance later. And so the architectures of these systems have helped it stay closely connected with the infrastructure. So if ERP was running on-premises, CIOs, IT departments preferred to have the tax systems co-located with those ERP systems because of the real-time nature of the integration. So as an invoice would come in and still comes in or a purchase order, it makes a call out to a transaction tax system to compute those taxes for that jurisdiction for that invoice, real-time processing. So they had tended to want to have those co-located. As time progressed and the businesses have moved more and more online and moved infrastructure components into the cloud and have made acquired or, you know, SaaS-based solutions to solve more front office problems, they have then said, well, why would we have, why would we run tax in our on-premise in our data centers? Let's also look for tax solutions that are running in the cloud if they have the right integrations, which is, has pushed tax systems that way. So you sort of have this high, you could potentially have a lot of hybrid approach in companies that are doing this. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Jen, you've given us kind of a big picture look at the current state of tax technology. I want to look at it through uh, the lens of what this means and how it's influencing how IT decision makers are making those purchasing and upgrade decisions. Talk a little bit about that, the current state, 
through that lens, the challenges and, and how it's influencing those decisions that IT folks are having to make. Right. So a lot of the ERP vendors have a push now for the IT decision makers to start to move the back office, the ERP now, into the cloud. So they're having to look at all of the, not just tax, but all of the systems that tie into their ERPs and find solutions in the market that will solve that where they to move into the, to the cloud-based solutions for that. One of the things, there's a, there's a lot of risk with that, though, right? So the run-the-business, ERP is a huge run-the-business system for companies. So one of the approaches that these IT decision makers could consider is taking a look at those adjacent applications to the ERP that are part of it, that are integrated in, that are needed to run the business, but not the core systems of record, per se, for the business, and move those to the cloud first. It can be done in a lot shorter time frame. They're generally smaller and less intensive applications from a complexity perspective to move and take a look. So the market is ready and has solutions to enable that so that you know certain things like a tax calculation system could run in the cloud even with the ERP system running on-premise. In fact, that is a predominant model that is actually happening now. So to start to move components of the adjacent systems around the ERP and start to push that stuff up into the cloud. And it de-risks the situation as well. It gives IT departments a chance to explore what it's like to run with a SaaS vendor in certain aspects of critical mission-critical systems. Jen, is, it, is there a way to kind of give a top-line idea of what reporting and compliance capabilities you'd consider critical in today's tools? Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question as well, along with this, right? So we've talked about tax systems, and as part of that, I've referenced sort of this real-time component to tax uh, around whether it's the invoice or making calls out to compute tax on something that something's going to be sold. What is happening in the systems is that that data that calculation, that calculation data gets stored off. So in addition to having the, the real-time calculation where tax vendors supply updates to the jurisdictional content, right, to keep it fresh, because there's a tremendous amount of change constantly in all of the jurisdictions around what gets calculated tax and what isn't and what the rates are for different products and, and categories. As that data then is stored in databases, you know, in systems over time, the other critical component of that is being able to then absorb that data into the compliance systems, right? So companies are required to file with the state and local jurisdictions their tax on a monthly basis. So that is the second half that is also very important to this. And again, that has traditionally been something that has been run in-house, on-premise, but now available in the cloud. And there are solutions today in the cloud that actually do the calculation and the returns for you together. It's all integrated as one user experience. Jen, throughout this podcast series, we've referenced many times the Wayfair decision, the big decision, tax decision. How does that decision affect the reporting and compliance capabilities required in today's tools? Yeah, so it's a great question. So Wayfair in and of itself doesn't change what the current solutions and market needed to do. But what Wayfair is forcing is that for companies that may have not needed to worry about collecting tax in locations where they did not have presence, that has changed. So it is really pushing a lot of the uh, front office to make sure that it's computing those taxes as well as the, you know, is making the assumptions that ERP systems generally had 
uh, some type of tax computation as part of those systems and that has been in place for some period of time with the advent of front office driving more change and tax, having those calculations done up front. In the front office systems, Wayfair is sort of requiring companies to do that so that they're actually collecting, computing the tax, collecting the data that they need for that so that it can be remitted. Companies that did not necessarily have to do that in a lot of jurisdictions are now required to do that. So either they had to turn on jurisdictions to do that collection that they had in the past, or they're actually buying tax solutions to de-risk their their business in terms of making sure that they're collecting the tax accurately and then reporting against it. Thanks, Jen. Is company size a big determinant on these decisions? Uh, does it make a difference, enterprise, midsize? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a good question. I would say historically, larger companies would have had tax systems in place. Certainly, we we talked a little bit about the history of the ERP in the 90s. It was larger companies that were acquiring ERP to run their business, larger companies that were putting in tax systems. But Wayfair actually changed a lot of that, too. So smaller companies, smaller businesses are now do not want to not be in compliance with their state and local governments. And so they're putting these tax systems in place to ensure that. So I think the lines are beginning to blur a bit in terms of the size of the company in terms of what they need from a tax solution, and I think it's more about the complexity of their business. So there can be small businesses that are very complex that do a lot, that do commerce in high volume, maybe low dollar amounts in lots of jurisdictions that would require tax as well where they didn't in the past. Interesting. Now, Jen, before we run out of time for this session in our podcast series, take a couple of minutes. What's the takeaway for our audience? What should they look for in ERP integrating with a tax platform, and especially through the uh, lens of possible moving some of this to the cloud? Yeah, it's a great question. I think on the real-time calculation component, I think a key thing to look at is the integrations. So the tax vendors, either themselves or they work with the, the ERP partners to build out out-of-the-box connectors so that you can drop the connector in. It knows how to take the data from the ERP or it can be an e-commerce system in this case or CRM and format it correctly and send it into the real-time engine for the calculation. I think understanding standard out-of-the-box integrations that will do that will certainly allow companies to, to get tax systems up much more quickly. I think the other big takeaway, too, that I talk with lots of clients on is, in both the IT space and the tax space, is that they should really partner up. So, right, this podcast is more oriented toward IT decision makers. They should really be partnering with their functional business counterparts in tax, making sure that they're helping them select the right solution for the business. They're ultimately responsible for the configuration of tax and make sure it's calculated and filed. IT supporting the systems for them and for the business and that so on that that partnership is important that way and the partnership on the other way in terms of with cloud and SaaS enabled solutions tax in theory could go out and just acquire you know and put a contract in place with a tax vendor without IT knowing right we call it historically have called that shadow IT but then when something happens who can support you so partnering with your IT department to help you negotiate that, make sure that the right IT questions are being asked around security, uptime, service level agreements, and things like that. They can help inform the the tax folks as well, and so they partner together in terms of deciding the solution. 
Jen, thanks so much. That's all the time we have for this episode of our podcast series. A big thanks to Jen Kurtz for your insights and your expertise today, Jen. Thanks. Really informative. Thank you, Jim. Now, before we go, be sure to check out vertexinc.com for more information about tax automation technologies. And you can find this podcast, Tax Technology Today, on cio.com slash podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for IDG and Vertex, this is Jim Malone saying thanks for tuning in. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with its sponsor, Vertex.